In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. There is a, a standing rule in my house. Um, the standing rule is like this because my children have two clergy parents. And the rule is very simple, and it was enacted by my youngest, Betsy, that any time we use one of their names in a sermon, it costs us $10 a pop. I'm gonna use their names a couple times here. So, you know, those of you who know K and B, keep it yourselves, thank you. It's nice to be with you today. It's nice to be with you today as we celebrate ministry. It's nice to be with you as we celebrate the ministry of the very Reverend Edward O'Connor his family, and the parish family of St. Andrew's Cathedral. Because ministry is just that. It's not one person. It's a group of people. It's a group of people who come together to celebrate God's love. It's a group of people who come together to offer at God's altar the many gifts which they have to bring. It's a group of the faithful who come together to work for the furtherance of the kingdom, but also to have their own vessels filled up in order to go forth and do God's work. Today we celebrate that. We celebrate the years that you came together with the O'Connors to do God's work in the world. We celebrate the way that your vessels have been filled, and likewise theirs by you. We celebrate the fact that your ministry was not a passive one, but an active one. We celebrate the fact that when those passive times were required in order to refill your vessels, that those times were offered and made available. The Gospel. Luke's Gospel. We've been in it for a while this year, and it's a great, wonderful narrative of Christ and his life and his ministry. And Luke was, by all accounts, a physician, but more specifically, Luke was somebody who got a lot of details, got a lot of details, and, and we are the recipients of those details. Last week, we had this great lesson that you all know is the Good Samaritan one that we've all been hearing throughout our lives in Sunday school. Laws are named after it. Very familiar. And equally, this week, as we just move from the Good Samaritan to the next verse in Luke's Gospel, we get to another very familiar pericope. It's namely the story of Mary and Martha. Or more specifically, the story of the work that Mary and Martha do and offer. Mary and Martha are usually associated with Lazarus, their brother, and they're often called Mary of Bethany, Martha of Bethany, and Lazarus of Bethany, because that's the village that they were 
that they lived in. That's the village where Jesus had, in this case, chosen to spend the night. Now, it's important to realize that that village was on the way to Jerusalem, so he was probably on his way to the temple, and he stopped there. And at this point in his ministry, he's gotten some traction, dare I say. He's gotten some popularity. Crowds are following him. And when he does sit down to rest, when he does sit down to take in a meal, when he does seek a place to spend the night, lots of people probably want to hear what the master, what the rabbi has to say. And they are probably yearning for the words that he is going to share, the strength which he is going to give them, and the lessons he is about to teach. This particular story is no different because that's what happens. He is at the home of his friends and he begins to teach. And what happens that is unique and what we remember about this story is that Mary steps away from the traditional duties of a woman in order to sit at his feet and listen, to sit at his feet and absorb these words from this rabbi that people are coming to call the Messiah, to absorb the teachings that he had, to absorb the lessons he was going to leave them with. She had chosen to sit there and chosen to step away from what was the traditional role of a woman in that day. Now, Martha didn't do anything wrong. She was just simply living into what was the traditional role of a woman. She was making sure the food was there, making sure there was fresh water probably, probably plenty of times brought a basin for someone to wash their feet in, taking on all those typical servant roles. I'm going to offer up to all of us that perhaps with this lesson, rather than thinking about Mary choosing the better part and Martha somehow needing to be scolded, that what we should take from this is the fact that all of us in our ministry are called to not be a Mary or a Martha, but to be both and to live in the Mary and Martha moments in our lives, in our ministries. I've preached on a number of occasions and closed with this by saying, now which one are you, a Mary or a Martha? But as I read this today and as I absorb it, I think more specifically that we are all called to be Mary and Martha. And we are all called to live in the Mary and Martha moments as Christians. Those moments when, like Martha, we're doing the little things that need to get done. We're doing the active, vibrant ministry that we're called to do. We're seeing to the hospitality. We're seeing to the active things like feeding the homeless, building a Habitat for Humanity house, running a vacation Bible school, lining up volunteers for parish programs. 
all those active and very real things that the Christian church and the body of Christ needs in order to continue. But let us not forget the merry moments. Those moments when we, like Mary, have sat and listened and absorbed the good news, absorbed the lessons that were being left with us and being given to us. Let us not forget those moments and how important they are as they filled our own personal vessels up to go forth and do God's work in the world and to be, to be a representation of Christ, to represent His love to the world. We are called to the Mary moments and the Martha moments. And we're called to those as individuals, but also as faith communities and as the body of Christ. We are called to those moments within our faith communities where we represent God's love as the corporate body of Christ, as St. Andrew's Cathedral, as we practice our ministry in the world and carry it out to others. I suspect that Edward and his family have provided all of you with plenty of Mary and Martha moments. Likewise, I suspect that all of you have provided them with Mary and Martha moments as well. Times when they were able to refill their own vessels. Times when they were able to be supported by all of you just as you were supported by them at various times in your Christian journeys. That is how the body of Christ works. That's how things go. And the really interesting thing about the relationship of a congregation and its pastor is that from the moment they walk through the doors, we know that there's going to be a leave-taking at some point. We know that they won't be with us forever. We know that at some point they will move on in Christian ministry and witness. We know that there is, in fact, an end because ends mean new beginnings. I have three moments in my life that I can recall when I was in a position where emotionally and physically, emotionally I was just so caught in the moment that I could not utter words. Three moments. One of those was when my eldest daughter, Katie, was 13 and undergoing major surgery. And as they were taking her back to the, <clears throat> to the operating room, I remember trying to say, I love you, but I couldn't get the words out. Couldn't get the words out. Thankfully, she's intuitive like her mother, and thankfully she's also strong like her mother, and was able to say, Daddy, it's okay. I know you love me. And that just made it another half hour before I was actually able to say anything. That was one of those moments when I absolutely couldn't utter words. The two other times were when I was saying goodbye to congregations. 
congregations that I'd loved, congregations that had loved me, congregations that I'd like to think I nurtured, but I know that they nurtured me as well. First one, St. Thomas and Diamond Head in 2005, and the second time at St. Columns in Ridgeland in 2014. It was difficult emotional moments, very raw but very real. Yes, I was blessed to have served in those places for a time, but at the same time, I was caught up by the emotional experience of saying goodbye, saying God be with you. And what makes that more dramatic than other moments? What makes it more difficult? Really simply, as a pastor and a congregation, within a congregation, we are set within a community of Christians and invited into some of the most incredible and intimate moments in the life of individuals and families. We are invited in at times when celebrations run rampant. We're invited in at times when tears run rampant. We're invited in at the most intimate moments in people's lives. Weddings, baptisms, important birthdays, and even when someone passes on to greater glory. Being there with someone as they breathe their last breath or as they prepare to breathe their last breath is an incredibly intimate and incredible experience that we as pastors are invited into by our congregations. That's the reason why saying goodbye to a congregation can be so challenging and can leave us sputtering to try to say the words. In a few moments, I will ask you to join me for the leave-taking service. And specifically, you and Edward will say together, O oh God, you have bound us together for a time as priest and people to work for the advancement of your kingdom in this place. We give you humble and hearty thanks for the ministry which we have shared in these years now past, that you have shared in the years that have gone by. It's a powerful experience sharing your life with someone else. And it's a powerful experience to be the priest within, their, that con within any congregation. It's a powerful experience to be invited into people's lives at the most intimate moments imaginable. It's a powerful experience to say goodbye and to take the blessing of the community with us while leaving your blessing with them. And there have been Martha moments for all of you in this relationship with Edward. And there were merry moments for you as well. Moments when you and you and others sat and had your vessels filled. And we know, God knows it's never perfect. But we look for the blessings within those times together. And we give thanks for the blessings. And frankly, we give thanks for the less than perfect times because that's where we learn and that's where we grow and that's where we're blessed.
Christianity is about endings and beginnings. Think about our Christian walk through Holy Week. Think about Good Friday. Think about the agony of the cross and the end that that represents. But make no mistake, we cannot have the joy of Easter Sunday without the ending that Good Friday brings. It's about endings and new beginnings. And today we celebrate an ending because it's also a new beginning. A new beginning for all involved. Fresh with new opportunities and new blessings. Fresh with new life. We give thanks for those moments. And we give thanks for the fact that Edward and his family were set within this congregation for a period of time and that they shared ministry with each and every one of you. And lastly, we give thanks for the Mary and Martha moments which touched us and inform the ministry that will come. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.